You're listening to Small Business Big Impact, how to support employees experiencing family and domestic violence. This podcast contains content which you might find distressing. If you or someone you know needs support, please call Lifeline on 13114 or 1800 RESPECT. That's 1800 737 732. Welcome back to Small Business Big Impact, a podcast about family and domestic violence created specifically for small business owners. My name is Gretel Colleen. In our series so far, we've learned that domestic and family violence is often invisible, can take many forms and affects millions of working Australians every year. Around two-thirds of people affected by domestic violence are in paid employment. And with small business as Australia's biggest employer, there's a good chance that one day domestic violence will affect someone on your staff, if it hasn't already. What does that mean? Well, it means that no matter who you hire, it's entirely possible that you may have a staff member who sees your business as a safer place to be than home, no matter how luxurious that home may seem to be. Domestic and family violence can occur in any culture, job or wealth bracket. Let's take a closer look at just one scenario. Samir runs a small legal practice. A few years ago, he hired a second solicitor, Mia, who had recently moved to a wealthy beachside suburb of Sydney with her husband and two small kids. Her husband frequently travels overseas for work. When he's gone, Mia is an independent worker confident with clients and in court, and a cheerful presence in the office. But when her husband is in town, Mia is on edge, barely able to function, and anxious to the point of terrified if she leaves the office even a few minutes late. Her sudden change in behaviour suggests something is terribly wrong, but she's never mentioned it. Okay, let's bring in our expert to better understand Mia's reaction to her situation. Karen Prestige runs training programs for first responders, police and paramedics, for example. Now, those programs cover how to deal with domestic violence situations. Karen has two decades of experience in the sector. Karen, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. Now, let's jump straight into it. Mia's living in a prestigious Sydney suburb. She's a highly educated professional. How unusual is it for someone in her demographic to be experiencing domestic violence? Gretel, when I was working on a helpline, I received as many calls from wealthy suburbs as I did from the lowest socioeconomic postcodes. So you saw firsthand what we learned in our first episode, that domestic violence cuts across all socioeconomic brackets, cultures, religions, professions. That's right, absolutely. The difference we see is not in how often it occurs, but in how the women experience it. So how would Mia, a woman with money plus social and professional status, experience it? In Mia's situation, she has social standing in her community And I think that it would be really embarrassing for her to have it disclosed that she was in a domestic and family violence situation. But most women, no matter what their status, experience shame and embarrassment and are reluctant to tell people. 
Why is it different for a woman with power in the workplace and society? Many women like Mia are used to being in control of their lives and might think, I can stop this. I can delay leaving the marriage until the kids are older. And for the time being, it's easier not to push back or argue. So her status can make her feel that she is more capable of enduring it, but also that the price to leave is too great. That's right. It doesn't matter how confident we assume their social standing should make them. Anyone who is experiencing family or domestic violence will suffer a loss of self-esteem and an increase in self-doubt that can be debilitating. Right. And Mia has children as well. Does that make a difference? It makes a huge difference. Why is that? When you think of Mia's children and, and they might be going to a private school, they might be engaged in a whole lot of extracurricular activities, they may have holidays and outings that are, are really enriching and exciting. The thought of being not able to provide that for them or taking them into a refuge would be really confronting for Mia. Although I'm sure that applies to all mothers or fathers who experience violence, regardless of their socioeconomic standing. Home is home. School friends are friends. We all want to provide the best that we can for our children, don't we? Yes. And to be left feeling as though you're responsible for your children not receiving everything you think they should be getting. So does that mean that if Mia chooses to stay, she thinks that she can stop the violence by walking on eggshells when he's home? Exactly. In Mia's case, the abuse was happening when her husband returned from overseas, Mm. told herself she just needed to keep things on an even keel until he went overseas again. And that maybe if she was perfect, then he'd stop. So when the violence recurred, she blamed herself for not being able to prevent it. That eroded her self-worth and this inevitably spread into her professional life. Now, it's interesting that you've brought that up, Karen, because these podcasts are, of course, for small business owners, for whom it's not only devastating to see an employee's self-esteem crumble, but there's also the reality of employees needing to be productive. Now, in later episodes, we'll dive into the impact on a business when an employee is experiencing violence at home and how that can be managed. But for the moment, let's look at what the workplace means to Mia at this time. Can you explain this, Karen? Well, for so many people experiencing violence, going to work can be what keeps them going, gives them purpose. Ah. Many people might think of home as their safe space, opening the door after a long day at work and think, oh, I'm so glad to be home. Right. But for many experiencing family or domestic violence, work is the place that they're relieved to walk into they feel safe. That's right. You know, Gretel, in many small businesses, your work colleagues are a second family. Yes. And if someone in your actual family is violent and unpredictable, that work family takes on even more importance in your life. So it could be what keeps them going. If we're being told at home that you're useless, hopeless and an idiot, and then you go to work and feel valued, it's impossible to overestimate how important that can be psychologically. So the business owner has a lot to try and juggle. We know it's good employee management to praise staff who perform well, but it's also important to respond when you see a drop in performance because that's always going to be more efficient than needing to recruit and train someone new. So how can an employer navigate this? The delicate dance between being intrusive and being helpful may be even life-saving. 
Is it possible for an employer to keep an eye out for anyone in particular? Good question, Gretel. We know that women are far more likely than men to experience every category of domestic and family violence. And that's why there's so much focus on women experiencing domestic violence, not only because they are overwhelmingly more likely to experience it, but also because it is much more likely to be fatal. But of course, one in 14 men experience violence from an intimate partner, and that's just of the reported cases. Yeah, which is still a lot of people. Mm. The strongest message I can send is that violence can affect anyone. So you can't even assume that you're six foot tall 100 kilo plumber isn't experiencing violence at home, especially if you see other warning signs. Karen, thank you again for giving us a deeper understanding of domestic violence in our community and the important role that a safe, supportive workplace can play. You're very welcome, Gretel. Now, before ending today's episode, I want to remind all the small business owners listening of the telephone number 1-800-RESPECT. That's 1-800-737-732. This telephone service is for anyone impacted by domestic and family violence in any way, including you and your workplace. That means that you too can call 1-800-RESPECT anonymously at any time of the night or day and get specialist support on your specific workplace situation. We also have in your episode notes an excellent LinkedIn post in which a professional woman explains how work was her safe space throughout years of abuse. I highly recommend reading it. Thanks for your company today. In our next episode, we'll explore why an employee experiencing violence may need paid leave and just what are your actual responsibilities as an employer. I look forward to your company. This podcast has been produced for the Australian Government by Lifeline Australia. Lifeline delivers DV Alert, the nationally recognised training program for frontline workers dedicated to ending violence against women and children. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands on which we podcast, as well as those on which you are listening, and pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. Thank you.